tonight's Meet the Artist program. My name is Cecilia Bean, and I'm the Adult Education Coordinator at San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. Um, as you know, many of these events are recorded for podcasting on our website. So I'm going to put this all in context. Today is Thursday, February 3rd, 2011, and we are at the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco. And so um, I'm encouraging you to go to the website to see all the wonderful things that are on our website now. Go to the Interact page and you will see blogs, videos, podcasts, and many more things that are really fun to watch and learn more about the ballet. So this evening I'm very pleased and excited to introduce you and um, have a conversation with Wendy Ellis Soane who's the owner and custodian of Sir Frederick Ashton's Symphonic Variations and Cinderella. And let's welcome her. And as you know, this evening you will be seeing symphonic variations. So we're gonna talk in depth about the ballet. Right. But before we get into symphonic variations, we'd like to talk a little bit about you Yes. And uh, your career and um, your background a little bit. Oh, my career, well, um, the whole of my life is like a fairy tale in a way. Um, I was very fortunate to get into the Royal Ballet School, having been born in the north of England. And then I went through that school and the upper school and managed to get into the company, which was wonderful. And um, at a very young age, I met Michael, Michael Soames, and we fell in love, and we were together for 24 years. Uh, he was much older than me, but um, it was a, a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And it continued until he passed over. I'm doing this very quickly, because <laughs> I know we've got a lot to talk about. In uh, 1994, and before that, Sir Frederick Ashton passed over in 1987, and he left the, the residue, the best of his ballets, to his very, very close friends. And two of these ballets um, he left to Michael, which were Symphonic Variations and Cinderella. And then when he passed over, uh, he left them to me, which was daunting because I can remember being uh, in Cinderella, for instance, a little page uh, from school holding holly <laughs> in the winter uh, uh, variation in Cinderella. And if anyone had said to me, then I would be looking after this ballet and symphonic variations, which I saw when I was quite young and was very, very, very impressed with it. It's poetry. Uh, I would never have believed them. So um, it's a bit of a fairy tale. <laughs> yes, so being a custodian of a ballet is a big responsibility. Yes, it is. Yes. And share with us how you go about well, making uh, the ballet stay true. Well, I first of all, I have to be very choosy who I let dance this ballet. Because Sir Fred, in his lifetime, never allowed symphonic variations to be danced outside of the Royal Ballet at all. 
he'd, people had asked him, different companies had asked him, and he'd always refused. But after he passed, Michael felt that if we let the best companies perform this very, very taxing ballet, it really is because the dancers are on stage from curtain up to curtain down and they never go off stage at all. So it's exhausting, believe me. It's, they're whacked at the end of it. <laughs> Although to look at it, it looks as if it just floats. It looks effortless and that's how it should look. So I'm very choosy which companies I do allow to do this ballet. And I have to say, I have had such a wonderful experience with this company. They've been absolutely wonderful. And I think they really make a mark on this ballet and perform it beautifully. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to say that from my heart. They really have worked so hard and look wonderful in it. I'm sure Sir Fred would be thrilled. So you had the opportunity to know Sir Frederick Ashton yes. and work with him directly. Yes. And tell us something about him and what he, where he was when he choreographed this ballet in 1946. Right. Well, he actually listened to this music, the César Franck music for, uh, of, of symphonic variations during the war on an old wind-up um, record player, you know, the old vinyls. And he would listen to this during the war and he used to say to himself, if I get through this bloody war, meaning, because it was horrible, horrifying war that we had in, in London, London was bombed terribly. Um, if I get through this war, I'm going to make a piece to this music. And because they'd come from Sadler's Wells, which was a small stage onto a big stage, uh, the Royal Opera House, he thought he would use lots of people. And he pared down and pared down just to six people. And it's a, it's a very, very special. There's no trickery in it, trickery in it. Um, there's no uh, flash, really flash bits. It's sheer poetry. And I think you've got to look at it as a beautiful poem uh, to, the, to the music. And it's extremely, extremely um, musical. It's very, very musical. He really epitomizes that music. He must have listened to it like he said, during the war, and really thought a lot about movement. So, Now, you had the opportunity to rehearse this ballet with, with him? With him, yes. And what, tell us about the process of you passing on to the next generation the information that you learned. The purity of it. It's so pure. The lines are pure. Every, you can see a finger. <laughs> finger when it's wrong. It, it's the purity of it. The purity, the breath, the breath of it, and there's a part in it where you should be able to hear a pin drop. Now, um, in the program notes, um, the dancers say that it's quite 
a challenging piece it's to a very, do. Yes, it is. It's extraordinary all those years ago as well that he made this ballet. Mm. Can you tell us specifically what makes it so challenging? Well, because you're on stage from beginning curtain up to curtain down. And even if you're standing there, you, you can't relax. It's, and it's, it's, it's very, very tiring for the side couples, extremely tiring. And very precise. And very precise. And the spacing, everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just the whole, <sighs> the ballet as a whole is just very, very, very tiring. Stamina-wise, yes. So, um, share with us a little bit about the inspiration um, for the sets. Uh, yes, that's a, that's a lovely story. Maybe you'd like to hear it. Um, Sophie Fedorovich, who was a great friend of Sir Frederick Ashton's, um, they were in the country and they were on bicycles and they were pedaling up this hill and they pedaled right to the top of the hill and it was round about April going into May and it's just when the buds in the trees are just coming, bursting, just bursting. And when they got to the top of this hill, they looked out over the fields, over the plains where the trees and fields were, and he said to Sophie, that's what I want for the ballet. That's what I want for this ballet. Because, as I said, they'd just gone through this difficult war, and suddenly it was like a breath of spring. It, it, it was um, primavera. It was the, the beginning of a new life, a new opening. And that's what he wanted to convey to the English public at that time. And so Sophie said, okay. And I, I've actually seen some of the old designs. And she started to do trees. But what she used in the end was the coloring, the green and the yellow of spring. And then she did these wonderful lines, which you will, you will see tonight. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's very, very special. And of course, the, the, um, the costumes are just very simple. Little white tunics for the girls and white for the boys with um, black, black lines which are pronounced on the back cloth. But one other thing, I always used to say, well, who are we? Who are we? And Fred said, you're angelic beings, angelic bodies. So that's what I think we've got to feel with this ballet. The poetry, the angelic beings, and the most wonderful feeling of Primavera, a new, a new beginning, hope of a new beginning. And the original cast is quite stellar. Yes. Um, tell us who was well, in the original cast. Margot Fontaine was the center with Moira Shearer and Pamela May on the side. And then the two boys at the side was um, Henry Danton and Brian Shaw. And in the center was my late husband, Michael Soames. And it was actually prevented from being um, danced uh, 
as early as it should have been because Michael, during the war, had a, a very bad accident, uh, which I won't go into. But he also had this knee injury, which was caused, I think, from being in army boots for several years. And um, he was a, a, a teacher of uh, gym so that they kept physically fit. And uh, he did his toll, the toll on his knee, and so he had to have a knee operation, which um, prolonged the, the beginning of it. It didn't open when it should have done. But I think he, he went on too soon, probably. But it opened about three months later, something like that. So when you come and stage the ballet, you know, you're doing the, the direct handing to the next generation, mm -hmm. um, which is much preferred probably than doing via video, let's say. Oh, yes. Or notation. Yes. Oh, yes. Tell me um, why you feel that it's so important that it's handed directly from well, dancer to dancer. It puts the essence of it, the feel of it, the breath of it, um, and, and you can't do that with a video. It's just not there. It's the one-to-one -one contact with each individual dancer that's important. That's, that's what I feel Fred wanted it to be. And let's hope we can keep it as long as we possibly can. If you're just joining us, we're in conversation with Wendy Ellis-Sohn, who is the owner and custodian of Symphonic Variations, which you'll be seeing tonight. Um, we're going to open up for questions in just a few minutes, so you might be starting to think about your questions. Um, but now you first set this on San Francisco Ballet in 2004. That's correct, yes. Um, have you noticed any changes between the company from 2004 to current? I think they're a marvelous company, yes. I, I, I think they've grown. I think they've developed. I think they've, they have a big rep. They do so many different styles. And yet, what's so special about them, they will listen and try and get that style with every ballet they do. And I'm very impressed, very impressed. Truly, because the, the, the classical um, arms for um, Sir Fred's work and English ballet in general is very pure and very different to the American style arms. And it's not easy for them suddenly to be more controlled. <laughs> it is different. Yes. <laughs> you know, I would be remiss in not mentioning that uh, you danced this ballet with Bruce Song. I mean, Bruce uh, Samson, Bruce, Bruce Samson yes. who is our um, assistant to the artistic director and ballet master. Yes, and he, I must just say, to, Bruce has helped me tremendously too, because he actually taught this ballet um, whilst before I came. So that was a great help. Then I could just put the, the feeling and the essence into it. So That's one of the things I just yes. always love about ballet, is just the passing on um, mm. from dancer to dancer through mm. the generations. Yes. And always a big circle. Yes. So let's open up. We have a few minutes uh, to open up to the audience some questions. Yes, sir.
47, 48, 49, if I can get in there, was that as well. And I'm wondering if this was possibly performed. I may have seen it as a child, but I, I don't remember the details of Oh, yes. It was the Sadler's Wells before they got the Royal Charter, I think 10 years later, and became the Royal Ballet. It's the same company. They just changed the name when they got the Royal Charter. Yes. So, so it's possible right. that they would have toured yes. uh, symphonic variations to Los Quite Angeles in the 40s. Quite possibly, yes. So that would have been different. Yes. I have to put that in my will. <laughs> it's let, me, true. let me repeat it's the true. question so everybody can it's hear. Um, this woman asks, who would you trust to carry on I the legacy got, of the band? I have got someone who I trust very much. Somebody in Montreal. Yes, I, I don't know whether I... He's here tonight, so... <laughs> okay. And then the second question is, could you um, expand a little bit on the difference between um, English style of dancing and American style of dancing? Yes, English is, um, how can I say, um, it's not as flamboyant, maybe, uh, in, with Sir Frederick's work I'm talking about now in particular, as maybe Balanchine. Balanchine was more flamboyant in a way. Um, Fred's work is more reserved more reserved but very poet poetical. It's, it's full of poetry. I, I would say that was one big difference. Also, the port de bras. The use of a pommel in, in, in English dancing is very, very uh, pronounced. The use of line, none of this. None of this. No broken wrists, hated broken wrists be pure. You see the difference between this mm -hmm. and this, that, that, this, that. A lot of difference in the arms. I'd say the arms, the port de bras was uh, a paramount difference. Yes. Yes, mm. sir. Uh, the question is, yes. what qualities do you look in a ballet company um, to choose to put um, to stage the ballets? Dedication, um, commitment to whatever they're going to do that's new, wanting to do it, wanting to learn, and also good dancers in general. Technically, they've got to be good dancers. Physically, as well, physically, they've got to have the streamlined beauty of a, a dancer, which we all know these people have. It's very important that all of those qualities, musicality, I like to see them being very, very musical. That's very important, especially to Sir Frederick Ashton's work. Mm -hmm. Okay, have I answered your question?
depends on the ballet. I mean, if it's like Cinderella, there's a story there. And he, he knows what he wants because of the music. Mainly music. Music controlled nearly every ballet that he did. He would listen to the music for hours and hours. Um, really understand the quality of that music and then put the movement to it. Music comes first. It did to Fred anyway. So he choreographed both the story ballets as well as oh, yes. plotless works. Very much so, yes. Would I you say symphonic variations is plotless? Well, they're angelic beings, poetical. There's, there's no story. It's just primavera. <laughs> new life, a new beginning. And I think that's what he really wanted to convey at that time. As I say, after the war, they wanted something to look forward to after the horrors of it. And this, this gave, uh, gave a new beginning to everybody. And apparently it just, the house just erupted because it was like, wow, some, there is something now to come. Us. So the ballet was very well received, I understand. Yes, yes. And um, following this work, did he do um, similar kind of plotness works or did... No, after this, I think the next big work he did was Cinderella, which is very, very different. Right, very close. Yes. Other questions? The yes. question is, has Wendy ever been disappointed in any of the performances of the ballets? Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, probably not. No. <laughs> but it's true, of course. It can happen. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Um, last time, apparently, when Wendy was here, she did a demonstration of a picky, picky. Picky, picky, or quite light. That's when the two girls dance together and they do very fast movement. I've got high heels, heels on, on at the moment. Yeah. I, <laughs> Maybe I it's not a good idea to do picky, picky. But it's good that you've mentioned that because look for the two of them when they dance together like this. Uh, they, the arms are here and they, they go together. Symmetrically, you can't miss it. Why is it called picky picky? Because it is picky picky. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very pickety. <laughs> yes. The question is: Is um, over course of a year, how often would we be able to see these ballets? Symphonic variations, not that often. Partly because you've got to have the right dancers. Cinderella, a lot. I mean, this year, Cinderella was on in um, Warsaw. I put it on in Warsaw. It was on in London. And it was on in Tokyo, all on the same night. So, but symphonic variations, you've got to have the right cast and the right dancers. Very much so. Now it's interesting you're talking about going all over the world and um, you know, staging these ballets. Mm -hmm. um, is, 
is ballet a universal language where you don't have to be able to speak the same language as the dancers you're working with? <laughs> it, it's true. It, there can be a, a, a little bit of difficulty. I didn't have any anyone to help me in Warsaw. Uh, but no, I mean, it is a universal language, but you do need a little bit of uh, help with um, portraying uh, different movements and what you have to say uh, in their language. Tokyo, it's funny, they nearly all speak English. They all want to speak English. Several. Several, there you go. Good, good answer. Yes, sir. Uh, the question is, how do you select the dancers um, oh, to perform the work? I, I come and have a look at the dancers, and I watch them in class, and then I watch them. If, I c if, if there's performances, I'll see them in performance, and then I look to see what quality is needed for that particular ballet, whatever it is. Yes, yes, I do, nearly always. I, I, I can be pushed to certain things, yes, but uh, yes. Because so much of it has yes, to do I with do. scheduling and some other, you know, um, issues around, you know, trying to make yes. everything work. Sometimes. And also, you've got to understand that it's a very difficult ballet to be in all three is almost, well, I mean, we've, I've done it myself, but it's killing. So it's good to try and get someone who is not working on something else at the same time, if you can. We have time for just one more question. Yes, ma'am. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely as it was. Question. Oh. Uh, the question is, um, in recreating the ballets, um, are there sketches of the costumes and the sets, and is there um, also annotation of the ballet itself? Absolutely, yes. Yes, this is exactly as it was. No, no change whatsoever in anything. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing this time with us, mm -hmm. and um, I know you'll enjoy this evening's performance. Please go to our website and look at all the wonderful videos and blogs and podcasts. You'll get to hear this podcast again if you'd like. So enjoy the evening's performance. Good evening. Thank you very much, everybody. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm.